Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And I'm thrilled today to have as my guest, Carmen Ajogo, whose work I just think is spectacular. You know? Oh, thank you. This is where we're gonna start today talking about uh, what you did with True Detective on season three, because Emmy people, I know you're out there <laughs> and you're thinking this over and you should look at that face <laughs> and you should remember. Yeah, look at it. Mm, yes, and do that. But you know, everything that you've done from uh, playing Coretta Scott King, from being the, the president of magic <laughs> and yeah, fantastic beast. right yes what is it the magical congress uh, of Makusa. so um Makusa. i yeah uh, so i'm the the president of the american wizards association of course you are that's my title no. the official oh, yes. title of course i am <laughs> and that's the life of an actor born born you for can it be many things yeah but i i read a quote from you that i just want to ask you about before we we start to get into this which, Go on. which well because it, it's probably a blatant Did I lie say it? but it doesn't sound like it is all right you'd say you said something about hollywood not knowing what to do with someone who looks like you that was true, I would say, when I first started out. I've been around a long time. Oh, come on. I've been doing this for so quite a while. So they don't know what to do with beautiful and intelligent it, and, it, it, and talented. You know, I, well, I think what I meant when I said that was that at the time, when I first got, when I first came to the States and started working, we're talking about the 90s. And that's quite different to where we're at right now in mm -hmm. the industry. There's well, been good. so much, yeah, there's been such positive shift that's happened in the past, like, five five, six years, that recently. So when I first came here, uh, maybe 25, 30 years ago, it's been that long. Um, At the age of eight. Yes, <laughs> a, a whippersnapper. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that I had ambitions for myself of being a leading actress and of doing certain kinds of roles that were really serious and had real sort of um, gumption. And, and I wanted to be more than just the, the girlfriend or the pretty sort of, you know, extracurricular character in the sh in the movie and i don't think that the industry was quite ready to put me in that position because i'm not not a white girl that you know and i was at the time i was you know i it seemed like it was my best years it, you know as an ingenue that's what you're told that's that, what that's they tell what, you yeah that's what they tell You've you got that's like eight to ten years right, where right, you can right. exploit this and then goodbye we'll exactly. see you in the home but what I didn't know yet was that actually my my real sort of understanding of myself and my work and my craft and what I was meant to be doing wasn't going to come till later. And I don't think the industry knew that yet either. And so 25 years ago, I, I, I kind of was, I was not, I didn't have a place. I didn't, they didn't know what to do with me. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that I stuck at it. You know, I, I had kids and I went and did other things for a bit and then um, came back to, back to an industry that finally had figured out that you can have someone that's a real woman, that's not a 22 year old and that can be the time that she's most viable and that she doesn't necessarily, you know, she can be of color and that that can be really a viable idea too. And that she can even sometimes wear her hair supernatural and crazy and that can be okay. Cause I literally had moments where I would be that close to getting a job and then the, the executive at the studio would be like, but what are we gonna do with that hair? You know, it'd be that kind of reaction 20 years ago. So, so much has changed. And I'm so glad because it means that I get to reap the benefits of that. And it also means that, you know, actresses coming up behind me are getting to really 
enjoy possibilities without having to go through all kinds of ridiculous insecurities that I had to navigate. Let's just use True Detective as a, as a way in mm. to us discussing your career and what's happening with sure. it. Because on the surface, it would look like, okay, Mahershala Ali is the star, he's the detective who's been trying to solve this crime, and he has some woman he meets, who they live together, they have children together, but as those eight episodes move along, mm. your character just takes hold. Yeah, yeah. And as he is waking up to who your character is, mm. So are we, mm. and we're seeing things through. Is that the attraction? Yeah. What makes you say, true detective, that is perfect in this new world that we live in? Sure. I mean, I think, yeah, the fact that this is a character that is allowed to self-actualize over eight episodes and really flourish as a woman that has had a family, that has spent good years trying to really sort of be the crutch to a man that needed that sort of support, and has found her way to the other side of that mm -hmm. and is still viable and is still going, um, becomes the artist she wants to be. All of those things are exciting to me to explore and to bring to the screen because that's so much, that's so much the journey of so many women, you know, that it, it, it's with time and with sort of self-acceptance that you, you get to that place. And, uh, and to Nick Pizzolatto's great credit, he really understood that about women or this woman mm -hmm. that that was a journey that was going to be exciting to explore and it's funny because you know for an audience when you first meet her she doesn't she doesn't offer the goods in that way at all you don't really know if this is going to be you know somewhat archetypal you know uh, dynamic between between Wayne and Amelia you know does she, will it be will it will it get to be more than that and and Nick wrote something that is really quite extraordinary and with great honor I got to um, to allow Amelia to become this character that goes from something that's very understated and quiet you know mm -hmm. literally with voice I you know I, I sort of dampened her to some degree when we first meet her she's quite reflective of Wayne's personality and then by the end by episode eight she's really become Nick's secret weapon in the series. Oh yeah, he, even when she's dead. Said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she know, is the subconscious. She's coming there. She's the, the poetic is, voice. Yeah. There's so many ways in which she really um, takes hold of the show, and and no one sees it coming, which is quite the you know. Sometimes a character will just like bash you over the head when you read the script, and you're like, okay, that I can see how that is going to just be glorious on screen and it's going to be so obvious how it's going to be just you know this amazing here's my oscar scene. yeah right, right. exactly and then yeah. some other characters are very quiet they're beautifully written but they're just as exciting to do if you can get it right and that was the challenge for this was to find a way to sort of unravel and to sort of bring to life and bring off the page as as, as the actor employed something that was delightfully written but that is so quiet in ways and such a sort of slow reveal, um, that's sometimes the harder work than, than the thing that's like, hey, here I am, <laughs> you know. So. Well, the being here I am is hard to sustain over eight hours. Right, know? right, right. Yeah, yeah I can imagine that would be pretty exhausting. But you, there's something about your work where, where you do something that makes us come to you, which to me is the best compliment I can give an actor. Mm. That you're, you're not writing it all out for us and saying, here, here's the cliff notes for you to understand who it is that I'm sure. playing. You, you watch and you understand. 
does this give you, does this particular project give you the time as an actor to develop this? It's television, so it, it could be more rushed, but yeah. was it? Um, ooh, well, it, it, was, it was overwhelming. It was eight mm -hmm. episodes that I really had to know and have in the back of my head on day one. That, that was new for me. You know, often you have time... I've done t a little bit of television and you, you know, you learn the first episode and you, you know, you have a sense of the overview, but, but you go sort of piecemeal. With this, for many reasons, I had to really know it all and have it in my head from day one. All the lines learnt, a complete understanding of all the timelines. Because I'm, they would jump and yeah, shoot things. Because of that yeah. fractured, like, timeline um, thing that Nick likes to do. Um, <laughs> we, you know, for that reason. And then also just because to have a real sense of what the shape of things would be over the season, it was important to, just to start with, with all of that in, in, your, in my data bank. And, uh, and that's, that was a lot of material, you know, piles of scripts. So it was, it was, it was quite overwhelming. Um, but we, did ha we kind of had enough time to get it together. I don't know how hard you are on you, you know? <laughs> I suspect Ooh. you're a little bit How, hard yeah, on Yeah, you. you can tell. I'm <laughs> really bad. <laughs> right, to do yeah. that. But is there a moment, <laughs> not like I'm saying this is my best scene, this is it, mm. but that when you look at you in mm. this season three of True Detective, that you can look at even a moment and say, I got close to being satisfied with and coming close to what I wanted to do in that scene. Is there a moment like oh, that? Oh, gosh. Um... There, there are a few moments. Uh, whether they made them to the screen or not <laughs> um, is often the challenge for actors. You know, sometimes you do things that you're really excited you by. You hear that, Nick? It, yes. <laughs> it may not have um, made it to the screen. But um, <clears throat> there are a couple of scenes between Mahershala and I where, again, I think just because we sat in the truth of the rhythm of the thing, like, even though, like, Mahershala often was, like, not really sure of what my process was. Like, he wasn't really sure what I was doing and how I was doing it. I knew, I felt very confident in knowing that if I just trusted the way that it was written, mm -hmm. and even if on the day it felt very disjointed at times, and it often did between he and I, but I, I just knew that it was going to feel really authentic when it was put together. I just knew it. And so there, is the, there are a couple of, scenes there's a scene at the dinner table between he and I where it was one of those things where the beat just wasn't really it was just odd it just felt odd and there's a scene at the, the one of the first things I had to film I think it might have been the first scene I had to film which is me and him at the in the school class in the classroom mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm you know it's this very strange sort of chemical energy between he and I, the, the two characters. There's a lot of subtext and there's a lot being spoken. And again, I, I could just tell that I was, we were sitting it in the right way. And all, I, it sometimes scenes feel as though they are satisfying the obvious arc. And then sometimes a scene just feels as though it's, it's is it, I don't know for sure that it's working for the cameraman or for the director, but I know it's working for, for him and I right mm -hmm. now. And when I was able to trust that stuff, that's probably the good. stuff I, I'm proudest of that's on yeah. the screen, yeah. How did this all start for you? 
go back oh, to geez. this job because How I know far? that you know when when was it? You were raised in London. Yeah. Right? Raised in London. Father is from Nigeria. Yeah. My mom's Scottish. See, what a combination. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was raised in London at the best time to have been raised in London, in my opinion, in the 80s, mm -hmm. when it was like the epicenter of the best music, the best culture, best everything, I think. Um, and so a really interesting swirl of pop culture always happening around me. And I grew up in a pretty crazy house, so I think, you know, I was one of those actors that I've met many of that, you know, learned how to act partly just to deal with craziness, and mm -hmm. um, so there's some of that. But I also just was in an environment growing up in the UK and in London where acting was truly a craft and a passion, and there was theatre and what was on the television, there were only four channels, so what was on those four channels was typically either American TV, which is why I fell in love with American cinema and American television, mm -hmm. or amazing BBC television dramas or like the best actors of the day. So I just had this real love for the craft of it all. And but what gets you to that point where you say, I'm going to do this? Yeah, well, I had a few sort of other things that I dabbled with along the way. I'm, I also love music. I also did a little bit of what you do. You know, I was a jack of all trades. But mm -hmm. at some point, I had to make that decision to take it really seriously. So I started writing letters to favorite agents and, and got, got feedback and got lucky, got an agent without having gone to drama school, without having no done suffering. any, no, <laughs> none of that, <laughs> and was just out doing it. I'm one of those. I'm just, I'm a hustler. I just get on with it. And so you were, hard. you were what, 11 years old when you did this movie absolutely, with, with David Bowie? Yeah, but that, I'm, I wasn't a child actor. That was like one of these that was, weird you were just, serendipitous opportunities that Sure it was. We all just, somebody well, comes up and says, would you do this uh, movie know, with okay. David Bowie just I, I for a few minutes? I was that kid. I attracted yeah. like energy from people <laughs> in the business and occasionally I would be allowed to sort of try something. So there was this movie called Absolute Beginners, which was just an incredible experience. I had this summer on a film set where, you know, you'd go into like a fake cake shop and there'd be all fake buns and, you know, and it was like a fantasy for a kid. And then in the next room would be David Bowie tap dancing, practicing, you know, on the piano. And I'd sort of creep in there and hang out with him for a bit. And it just like amazing. It's the normal life. Yeah, well, it was, I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't. And I knew I wanted more of it because it was not what I came from. I, mm -hmm. I'm working, I was a working class girl who came up in a family of educated people, teachers, mm -hmm. but not actors, not, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so just decided at some point that I was gonna put my full energy into that and just hustled my way in. <laughs> As you do. How did you get in? You didn't well, go everybody's training stores, school to be There's a always a lot of, um, <laughs> you know, bumps in the road, you know. And, and how you get from that and how you're doing all these things and then suddenly you're playing Coretta Scott King, not once but twice. Yeah. You're playing her in Boycott and then <laughs> you're playing her in Selma. Yeah. So how is this all... You know, I think I, without even knowing it, I think I've been a manifester from, from a very young age. I think I've been somebody that's just, that's just had a sense of what I 
believed I was capable of and went for it and didn't really hear no didn't hear that it couldn't happen because there's nothing in my story if you saw where I grew up if you if you knew the dysfunction I came from there's nothing about that that would mean that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now but some people I think find the sort of perseverance and the tenacity that is what you need to keep going in a game like this and I was luckily one of those people and I guess you learn from the people you work with and you're lucky in that sense that there's a lot of very talented people that you are in, in some especially with David DuVernay and and David Oyelowo and making this did you meet Coretta Scott King I did oh. yeah and she gave me the ultimate blessing because she saw Boycott which was the first time I played her mm -hmm. and she really approved of the performance so when any well, that's the best yeah, review no, you're going to get. Yeah, and it's when anyone ever sort of like you know sort of queries you know the idea of a British girl playing, <laughs> playing this great icon. I, I I remind myself that the woman herself was satisfied with what she saw on the screen. So I, I that makes me feel wonderful and gave me the courage and the self belief that I could do it again in a way that was going to be worthy in Selma. And I would hope that she'd be proud of that performance too. Very different from the first. You know, who she was in 1955 was a very different woman to who she was just a few years before her and husband was assassinated. And you got to do that both times. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an incredible opportunity. Amazing. To do it that you seized beautifully. You and know, I'm in those. so thankful to Ava for <laughs> recognizing that I would have the wherewithal to understand that it would be a very different performance. Mm -hmm. It would be a very different kind of thing. It would be an evolution. And, um, and that whole movie was just such a trailblazer, such an important moment in, in American movie. cinema. It's a great in every way, you know. I mean, I think that's one of those movies that get to live, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that They don't come out and then they're forgotten. It really lives. Absolutely. But you have just jumped around, you know. I don't have <laughs> enough time in the show to do it. You do Sparkle. And I'm so proud of that role. Sparkle. I wish more people saw that role uh, yeah, and that performance. I love that There you that are movie. singing, doing this whole thing. And yeah. Whitney Houston's your mother. Yeah. No, what I've was that lucky. experience like? Incredible. I've had some really amazing people to work with. My first ever film was with Eddie Murphy. Um, I've worked with Kenneth Branagh, Sam Mendes, like some of the great directors, you know, Ridley Scott. I've, I've, I've been very fortunate in that sense that I've had great people to remind myself of what to aim for and then it helps you to know what to say no to as well you know what's not worth doing There's a bit lot test, but the pressure more. is but this is what we want you to do you know and you seem to be able to resist that yeah i because i i i mean i really love the art of it all and i really believe in the craft of it and i'm not here for any other reason you know if it's if it's really about the work then i'm all there like all that. Would you take a question or two from the world outside sure. there? And we'll see what happens there. Oh, this would be about uh, True Detective. Mm. Surprised by the ending. Did the series play out for you the way you thought it would? Okay, so for those that haven't seen it, mm -hmm. um, what, what happens is uh, Amelia dies, but there's no real explanation in the show as to why. Mm -hmm. So we did actually film my demise it's actually out there in the world on the DVD special. And, um, but what happened, I, I think, was that there, you know, there, was some, there were plenty of great scenes from all of us that just didn't end up in that final, um, final cut. What I don't think necessarily was anticipated is how much the audience would react to the fact that they didn't get full closure as to what happened to my character. Mm -hmm. Because 
it's such an important character in the show that people wanted that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know that, that it exists out there. I know we filmed it. Uh, I wish for the audience that they'd gotten to see it. This is the first time you've been on the show. So you don't, and, I, and it's great. And I wish you'd come back a million times. I'd love to. Because I haven't scratched the surface. <laughs> but we end in song. Just a little bit. I know. Oh, do you? I do know. somebody told you this. I've heard. I've, I know your show. You're a do legend. You? Are you kidding me? No, I absolutely know. Okay, yeah. so on the note of Girls With Simple Dreams, I'm going to try and sing a song without crying. Because the reason I don't sing much, because it's my real love, is because I think it's the most vulnerable thing that anyone can really do. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So it t tends to make me cry because I'm very sort of emotional. We can take um, it. But I'll try. I'll try. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Hmm. Um, when I was just a little girl. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I have a backup song. I have a backup song which won't make me cry. You can't okay, do Kesara for Dara's dead. I know, but for so many reasons, because it, it was the song that my mum and I would sing as I would walk to, to trying to go to tutoring to get into a better school, to like completely change my life. So that's why it's emotional <laughs> for me. Ah! Okay, all right, I'll try, I'll try. All okay. right. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can, I'll give you something else okay. though. Let me give you something else. Um, I was doing it myself. I was going, yes, yeah, uh, I know. So, um, okay, how about, um, and I also forget the words as well. <laughs> that's the other problem, okay. Um, Stars shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing on the sycamore tree. Dream a little dream of me. Help me, what's the next no, word? What's the next lyric? Oh, no, um, it's beautiful. Oh, that's what It was beautiful you. and you didn't uh, cry. <laughs> Almost. Almost. But it was just. You know, and I, would I, we've would I lost been the first? Our day. I know, it's too much. It's and I too thought much. it was just, you know, great that you brought that forth. I tried, I tried. And the tried. next time you're here, we're going to do that emotion. together. It'll be less too much. And like, we'll do it, and there won't be you. any of that. Thank you, you so much. Thank you. It's just a pleasure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>